Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening. And first of all, I want to give a new listener shout out because I took a look at the metrics today and I can't believe that I'm over 43,000 downloads. That is completely mind-blowing to me. So thank you guys so much um, for joining me on your homesteading and gardening journey. So a shout out to... um, Kentucky Farmer, Girl Spawn, um, Jody, Siwi692, Kelsey, Johnson69, Diane, um, Jim, and oh, Irish Kelt1. Thank you for joining me on your journey. I'm so excited to have you listening in. And I hope that you guys are part of the Facebook group as well. All right, let's dig in a little bit with today's episode because I know I gave it a really weird title. So who ever heard this phrase? Don't eat the seeds of watermelon or melon. They're going to grow in your tummy. I mean, who the heck heard that one at school, right? Most of us probably did. Why didn't we ever tell each other to save the seed and plant them instead? Rather than have us kids freak out that you accidentally swallowed a seed and then spend the whole day freaking out that, you know, you've now got this weird thing growing in there. Of course, now they've actually bred seedless watermelons, so we don't necessarily need to worry about swallowing seeds by accident and have that potential watermelon triffid plant that's now growing in our stomach just waiting to grow out of our body. Um, I mean, I'm joking, of course, but how many of you thought that that would actually happen as a kid? I mean, I definitely did. Um, I remember telling my my parents or my grandparents, it was one of them, I was like, I swallowed seeds, are they going to grow in my tummy? And they're just like, no, no, they're not. You're going to be fine. But, you know, we do need to worry about seeds, right? They, not because they're going to grow in our stomachs, but because they are the key to our food security. And um, if you're new to the podcast, then, you know, definitely um, listen to last week's episode um, because I'm talking a lot about seed saving over the next couple of weeks even though we're into early spring because I really want you guys to take the 2021 seed saving challenge and save some seeds from your garden because once upon a time in the not so distant distant past all gardeners and farmers grew and saved their seed and in today's episode I really want to break through some myths that seed saving is hard and difficult because anyone can save seeds Let me say that again. Anyone can save seeds. You don't even need to have really fancy equipment and you don't need to have a degree in genetics to be a seed saver. I know I've got a science degree, but you do not need a science degree to be a seed saver. And if you remember from last week, seed saving is helping your garden move forward. Each time that you're buying seeds for your garden, you're taking a step back. Your seeds are probably not grown locally. Many seeds are grown and sent into other seed companies to grow from all over the place. So you might be thinking seed saving is hard. But thousands of people save seeds and have saved seeds throughout millennia. And guess what? You can do it too. So seed saving is a really great way to save money in your garden. And if that's your driver for saving seed, that's great. I mean, what are seed packets running now? Four bucks, five bucks a seed packet in the UK? Probably about five pounds. That's about ten, what? 
10 bucks a, a seed packet, probably something crazy, right? Especially with, you know, 2020 and uh, 2021's, you know, been kind of similar. Um, seeds are expensive and saving seeds from, you know, a couple of tomato plants, for example, um, are going to give you enough seeds to grow those tomatoes for years to come. Let me say that again, for years to come. If you've ever scooped out a pumpkin to carve for Halloween, then you'll know that there's enough seeds in there for everyone living on your block and maybe the next block over to grow. Seriously, plants are truly abundant and they want to grow and produce seeds. So it's really true that saving seed from a number of plants of that variety that you're growing is important. But it's important if you're trying to produce seeds on a big scale. Let's say you're wanting to sell your seeds to a company. But when you're learning to save seeds in your own backyard, does it really matter that you're only saving seeds from a couple of plants or maybe even one plant? Probably not. On the smaller scale, the more diverse and sustainable your garden can become. And actually, seed saving is a lot easier on a small scale, especially if you throw off those worries of cross-pollination. For real, right? Don't worry about it. If this is your first time seed saving, don't worry about cross-pollination. Don't don't look at stuff about, you know, you've got to, you know, stop the cross pollination. OK, like don't don't worry about it. OK, what's the worst that's going to happen if something accidentally cross pollinates? Well, the worst thing is that you can eat it or put it in the compost bin. I mean, that's not so bad. Food for you and food for your compost bin. That's that's a win win, really, as far as I can tell. But starting small means that you can try it out. You can test your skills. You can improve your skills without breaking the bank. And as you hone your skills, you're going to start to get better at it, right? And you're going to have a lot of seeds and you're going to want to start giving them away and showing others how to grow and how to save seeds too. So why aren't you saving seeds? Well, another reason that I hear is that, you know, it takes a lot of time. Well, not really. Um, a little bit of organization might be needed, but you can save seeds around your normal activities. If you're slicing up a tomato for a salad or maybe you're slicing up a bunch of tomatoes that you're going to can, scoop out the seeds into a jar right there to process them later um, for seed saving. Or, you know, if you don't want to bother with the fermentation step of, you know, saving seeds. And I get that. You know what? Here's, here's a quick trick for you, right? If you're scooping out seeds of a tomato, smear them across a paper towel, right? You don't even need to pick them off afterwards to put them into a jar or anything fancy. Just smear them across the paper towel. Maybe if you're fancy, you'll write the variety and the year that you grew them on, okay? And it's okay if you forget to do that too, but put them on there. there. There you go. You've just saved some seeds. That wasn't too difficult, right? You'll want to let them, you know, dry out and things. And, and we do want to let them dry out. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to, um, you know, save and process seeds in a later episode. But, you know, taking a lot of the kind of the worry out of things and that it's a little bit too difficult and, you know, go back to something that's basic and easy to do. That's all that seed saving is. 
And sure, plants need some time to mature. And But if you're new to seed saving, then start with some easy plants. That's going to help you get that win and build your confidence. So if you happen to be out in the garden and you're picking beans, maybe you find a missed bean pod hiding in the leaves. It's gone all dry and crispy, right? That's no problem. They're perfect for seeds, right? Pick them. You've got seeds for next year. Awesome. What about like you just happen to be wandering around the garden, you spot those hollyhocks in late summer or fall and they've got these brown buds on them now and they've got a darker brown ring inside of them. Well, if you pull that bud apart, you're going to find that you will have seeds. So many seeds, like seeds to plant or give away for, to a friend to grow. Maybe you notice birds that are on your sunflower heads in early fall after the blooms have finished. Well, pick those heads and start picking those seeds from close to the middle. You just saved seeds again. Plants want to produce seed. Nature has designed them to be abundant and to produce more offspring to grow. And guess what? Your homegrown and home-saved seeds are going to be better than the ones that you can buy because they're fresher, they germinate faster too. And guess what? You grew them and you saved the seeds and that's something to treasure right there. Another reason that I hear people be hesitant about seed saving is that they're worried about making a mistake. Well, first of all, it's okay, right? It's okay if you make a mistake, especially if you're starting on a small level, right? You know, if you're trying to save seed from something and, you know, maybe you didn't dry them right and they kind of go bad, that's okay, right? This is all part of the learning process and us learning a new skill, right? We are all bound to make mistakes, but maybe we shouldn't think of them as, as mistakes. I mean, I'm not saying think of them as a happy accident because that doesn't sound right to me either, but it's a learning opportunity, right? And we all need to learn these skills so that we can become good at them, right? We didn't, you know, learn to walk without falling. And this is the same thing. And you know what? If you make a mistake, again, it's totally okay. If your plants accidentally cross-pollinated, it's okay. In fact, if you save seeds and grow them out and it isn't what you're expecting, then share it in the Facebook group. I want to see what you have created in your garden, albeit by accident. And actually, one of the really fun things about growing your saved seeds is that you might have some weird and wonderful looking plants, right? Maybe your pumpkins accidentally cross with a zucchini. I bet it tastes okay. And if it doesn't, maybe you've got some really cool looking pumpkins to carve for Halloween. How about that for a conversation at the door, right? Hey, knock, knock, trick or treat. Hey, those jack-o'-lanterns look really cool. Where did you buy them? Oh, those? Oh, I grew them from seed I saved out of the garden, right? And what if the conversation then becomes, hey, do you have some more seeds? I'd love to be able to grow them in my garden too. Like, how great would that be? But what else might happen? Well, maybe your Long Island cheese pumpkin and butternut squash might have crossed together. You know what? Save the seeds anyway. You just might discover a better squash when you grow those bad boys out next season. What about you've got scarlet kale? Maybe that accidentally crossed with a walking stick kale that you were growing too. Dude, if you have that, please send me the seeds because I would love to grow a scarlet walking stick kale. That would be really cool, 
That would like totally make my day if that was a thing. What I'm trying to say is mistakes are okay in the garden for seed saving and accidental cross-pollination is how we get these new varieties that other gardeners can get excited about. So again, I'm going to encourage you guys, right? If you have saved seed and you're growing things out and it doesn't look right, share it in the Facebook group. You never know, right? Somebody might look at that and be like, yes, that right there is what I want. And that's really cool to be able to grow something and share it with other people who are going to get excited about it. They're going to, you know, help grow and continue that diversity and improvement of that variety that you created. I mean, how cool is that? Creating your own legacy right there in, you know, the name of a variety. You, Your creation could have its own story, right, that you could see in one of these fancy, you know, seed-saving magazines in a few years' time. That would be pretty cool, right? No, just me? Okay, well, I'm a bit of a weirdo when it comes to a garden anyway, and I'm okay with that. If your curiosity is piqued by saving seeds and the possibilities of what you can grow, then that's great. You will probably never have to buy seeds again. In fact, there's a special link in the description of this podcast episode for you to get access to my easy seed saving workshop and all the updates that are going to be coming this year to help you on your seed saving and self-sufficiency journey. So check that out by clicking on the link in the description. But when it comes to seed saving, one of the biggest tips that I can give you is to start with the self-pollinated plants first. Tomatoes, beans, peas, peppers, even lettuce. Like when lettuce starts sending up that central spike, it's starting to bolt and create flowers and you can save the seeds. Psst, here's a top tip though. Don't save the seeds from that first lettuce plant that is bolting. You wanna save seeds from a later one. Why do you want to be doing that, Emma? Well, you're choosing plants that are going to be slower to bolt. And that means that you are going to be choosing seeds and saving seeds from plants that are going to be giving you a longer harvest season, which means more tender, non-bitter lettuce for you to enjoy and to keep harvesting from your garden. You can start to save seeds from fruits that you're selecting for whatever traits that you like. And by fruits, I'm meaning things like tomatoes, beans, peas or peppers but you absolutely can start saving them from you know fruit trees like peaches or apples or whatever it is that you want flowers for example right even grains there's a huge movement right now into restoring and growing grains they're very trendy right now And there's a lot of different places that are offering projects where they will send you seeds for you to grow out and then you send them back in to help um, increase the diversity of that gene pool, which is really, really cool to be part of something like that. But you can start to save seeds and you can do a little bit of what's known as selection, right? And what that is, is that you're starting to save seeds from plants that have got traits that you like. And it doesn't just mean a plant, but it also could be a fruit. So maybe you're um, saving the biggest tomatoes on the plant, right? You notice that this plant seems to have like some ginormous (laughs) tomatoes on there. So you start to save the seed from those ginormous tomatoes. Or maybe it's a shape of a pepper that you really like, right? Maybe um, it's a color of a pepper or whatever 
the reason it is, right? Maybe it's a bean pod that's got more beans in it per pod. Start saving those to select your plants for those traits. So as you continue to grow the seed in the next year and save those seeds from, um, you know, those bigger fruits, right? You're going to be selecting those plants to have the traits that you want in your garden. And this is how we start to, you know, improve varieties. You can also do the same thing and select uh, plants and saving seeds from plants for those that are having, um, you know, a good resistance to pests or diseases. So let's say that you're growing out um, a bunch of squashes, for example, and a bunch of them are going down and they're going down fast because of um, powdery mildew. But maybe you notice that there's a couple of plants that seem to be doing okay and they're still growing. Well, maybe you want to start saving some seeds from those squashes, right? At the end of the season, when those have, have grown and you've got your little squashes that you're taking inside for dinner, right? Save those seeds from those plants because you're going to be helping to pass those traits to cope with those diseases onto that next generation. So save those seeds that are from those plants and help make it, you know, um, have better times adapting in your garden and adapting to, you know, have fewer issues from pests or diseases. And, you know, this is really one of the fun things um, about gardening. And actually, you know, I have to say seed saving is probably less work than the actual gardening piece, right? And um, there's a lot more that's involved with growing your garden and a lot less involvement I feel when it comes to seed saving because you know you're just waiting for the plant to mature the fruits to be mature enough for you to harvest and you know when you've harvested them you're really just kind of waiting for them to dry before you can store them so you know there's not a lot of input from from you as the gardener or the seed saver but I want to let you know that you can start a living seed bank and share your seeds with others. Even if you're growing on a balcony, you can save seeds. And gardeners have been doing this for generations and you can do it too. And there's so much joy in sharing seeds and helping somebody else start their garden or, you know, help start their homesteading journey. There's something really quite lovely in sharing um, that seed and growing it forward. So I want to know from you, what is it that you are going to be saving seeds from from your garden this year let me know in the facebook group and use the tag hashtag 2021 seed saving challenge to let me know don't forget there's the link in the description of this podcast episode so you can get in on the easy seed saving workshop and all the updates so make sure that you check it out until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i will see you all next week